welcome to Future Horizons, the Tempest podcast. I'm your host, Sevi Watmo. Combat air is vital to the protection of the UK and our contribution to global security. And Richard Burton has been the Director of Future Combat Air in the UK MOD since January 2020. He's the MOD's lead for Future Combat Air Strategy and Programme Delivery, responsible for the acquisition programmes and investment plans for Future Combat Air capabilities. Since joining the MOD in 1998, Richard has served in a wide range of roles. This has included leading the MOD's cooperation with international partners, defining the approach to key sectors of the defence industry, and the creation of the Combat Air Strategy in 2018. Richard brings a unique mix of experience to his role, having worked for the British Embassy in Washington, D.C., as well as serving in Afghanistan, Kuwait and Baghdad, appointed Officer of the Order of the British Empire in 2004. Today, Richard brings us up to speed with recent developments on FCAS and details of Tempest's presence at this year's Farnborough International Airshow. Richard, it's been four years since Farnborough International Airshow was last staged as a live, in-person event. What have been the major developments on FCAS since then? Zevi, thank you. And it's great to talk to you again uh, with a farmer on the horizon, in person, uh, at a, a public air show. Um, it's been four years, as you say, since the last Farnborough, when we made a major announcement, both of the combat air strategy and of Team Tempest, setting out with industry partners to give ourselves the, the best chance of creating uh, a new uh, forward-looking enterprise in the United Kingdom with a level of ambition to be able to lead a new combat air program. And since then, we've made incredible progress. Firstly, at the strategy level, we've had the integrated review, a really important statement of the government's intent and one that sets out and confirms that vision, that ambition on combat air. And it also confirmed our plans for investment in the combat air programs, uh, which I'm responsible for. On the international side, we've been working with a range of partners in Europe and globally, and we've made some real progress with those partners in understanding each other's military requirements and industrial goals, and also really understanding where we're aligned, who we want to work together with, and on what. We're going to make some big decisions later on this year on international partnership, and I'm confident that that's going to give us a coalition of really exciting partners to work with to deliver a program together. On the industrial side, our Team Tempest partners and we have been investing heavily in getting the technology base ready and fit for purpose so that we've got a set of technologies, demonstrations that show that the UK really is still at the cutting edge of combat air technology and industrial capacity. On the programmatic side, we, we really have made a lot of progress over the last couple of years since we launched the combat air acquisition program. And that gives us a chance to really assess what are the capability requirements that we need? What are the technologies that are going to fit within that capability? The enablers that are necessary to set that up and the business models, the delivery constructs that are required to do it. And we've been doing that on an increasingly international basis. So there's a lot of progress. Most importantly within that 
is getting the team of new blood, of new and exciting talent involved in FCAS and getting them to start working together. Yeah, and I think you're, uh, I, I think you're somebody that's uniquely positioned to um, have insights into what's going to be required uh, in the technology because you've got on-the-ground experience of live operations around the world, but you've also got a feed into strategy at the highest levels of the MOD. So you've got a very unique perspective on the landscape of threats that the UK is facing right at the moment. Could you share an overview of what you perceive to be this landscape of threats right now and how FCAS will address this both now and in the future? Yes, thank you, Zevi. I mean, it's clear that the threat environment has really come into the headlines recently and everybody is watching with, with horror what's going on in Ukraine. And it reinforces the importance for me and the program of combat air, of controlling the air domain, of being able to defend yourselves in order to defend your, your homeland, in order to be able to project power and to operate with freedom uh, around the world uh, in order to support our goals, our national interests and our values and those of our allies and partners. I think on the strategic side also, it's really important since the integrated review, the government has shown that it's got a global ambition and global purpose. We have a tilt to the Indo-Pacific region and that shows that the UK is going to need to be able to operate uh, not just in our homeland and, and in the environment around our NATO allies, but also that we're able to project power globally and that FCAS has got to be able to operate in that wider threat environment. I think it's really interesting what you talk about, the projection of power, because this must, this mastery of technology, that has a great resonance on the global stage, doesn't it? When we show that we are um, not only up to date with our peers who have similarly advanced technology, but that we are edging into new territory. Absolutely. I think at the national level, what's clear is that the UK has a really strong ambition to put ourselves at the forefront of global technology. It shows that if you want to compete economically, strategically, and, and if necessary, militarily, you've got to preserve cutting-edge technology. And FCAS is an incredibly exciting opportunity to work at, at every level of maturity of technology for those that are ready for deployment now, ready for, to be introduced into military capability, and also those that are relatively new. And we're beginning to work on the exploitation of artificial intelligence, on quantum computing, for example, on different types of sensing to be able to create a military capability that, that's genuinely uh, able to operate in a, in a time and place of our choosing uh, at the cutting edge of technology. That, that technology partnership with, with our allies is incredibly important as well mm. because we do want to exploit the technologies uh, that are uh, are out there in our partners uh, and, and uh, having a broader coalition of, of partners together uh, allows us to exploit that to the full. And, you know, I think that the UK is benefiting greatly from the collaborative work that's taken place already with Japan, Italy and Sweden. Do you think there's scope to bring more international partners on board? I think what's really important now is that we create the core programme partnership that can get on and deliver the programme. It's 
really important that we start to move at pace and that we create that sense of momentum, which I think we've already achieved in the last few years. And I think you're going to see supercharged in the near future. And of course, there are a much wider range of, of partners and, and allies in the world for whom combat air is also tremendously important and for whom aerospace industry and technology and skills is important. And the UK is uniquely placed to play into that market because we're willing to sit down with partners to understand their goals, their ambitions, and to work with them to support the development both of their military requirements, but also of their industrial goals and their skills goals. And I think that that's what puts the UK at the heart of so many global partnerships in combat air. And it's interesting because I don't know whether or not this is true, but that you almost get a sense that there's a different feeling tone around collaborations now and that values are emerging as more of a consideration, not only values in the UK, but shared values with other countries. Would you say that that's something that people are becoming more aware of when they're working on these programmes? I, I think the, the, the history of the UK in combat has shown the great value of working internationally. It, it, it's been at the heart of our relationship with European partners and, and with the United States for, for many years. And indeed, some of those relationships that we have had with Middle Eastern countries and, and countries around the world, I think the UK's confidence in our ability to deliver a program, our fundamental values of working in genuine partnership with countries, our open-mindedness, uh, and also our place at the heart, both of NATO uh, and of a global collection of like-minded democratic countries with the same values who want to help each other to reinforce our respective and collective national security, our resilience and our, our military ability to deter aggression in the future. And I think that's such an important factor of working with the UK. Everybody on the programme fundamentally believes uh, that we offer that as a partnering proposition and it's been really exciting to work with international partners. Uh, and I think they very much appreciate our approach. And, and, you know, staying on the theme of the future, looking forward into the next generation of talent who are going to transform the future of FCAS technology. Who do you conceive them to be? And why might some of the budding engineers listening to this interview be surprised that they could be just who you're looking for? Uh, I, th this is such an exciting part of the programme for me. I, I genuinely get out of bed in the morning thinking that Tempest is the opportunity that is, is out there that creates a real symbol of, of UK technology, engineering skills, of our willingness to invest and lead. And the kinds of skills that we're looking for are way broader, perhaps, than people might have considered in, in previous programs. We've made really good progress in the last few years. We're up to nearly two and a half thousand people working on Tempest already. And that is across an incredibly wide range of skills. It's geographically dispersed all around the United Kingdom. And the most important message that I have for those who might be thinking of working in FCAS is that this is an opportunity to create a program, a culture, organization, a way of working, which is fit for the future. It's one that attracts skills, it attracts the right behaviours, it brings in and attracts a whole range of different functional specialisms, 
It does that across in an international program, which I think is a hugely attractive function of working in the FCAS program. So we're going to be working uh, with universities, with schools, with our industry partners in the future to set out a really ambitious stall to attract that kind of young, talented, open-minded, challenging, energized next generation, a, a generation tempest, who are going to take this program to its fruition. But bear in mind, we're working to a capability that's going to come in in 2035. There's a career in FCAS. There's a breadth of skills that are required. There's a place for everybody in FCAS. And I think that's what's so exciting. And I'm absolutely committed to this being an enterprise that sets out an ambitious stall and leads the way on being inclusive and attracting diverse talent. FCAS is the opportunity for us to do things differently in the defense industry, in the aerospace industry, and myself, the ministerial leadership in the Ministry of Defence and industry partners are all really committed to that. Finally, Richard, what can we expect to learn about Team Tempest and its partners at this year's Farnborough International Air Show? Well, Zevi, I'm not going to give you a sneak preview, I'm afraid, of all the <laughs> announcements, but I can say that we're going to have an exciting set of announcements to make at Farnborough. We may be talking about some of the work we're doing with international partners. We can certainly talk about some of the technology progress that we've made and I know our industry partners are chomping at the bit to set out their stall to show real progress. This is not a, a hypothetical on paper technology exercise. People who come to Farnborough will see real technology that's been delivered. It's been delivered faster. It's been delivered digitally. It's been delivered using advanced manufacturing techniques. And these are all things that will genuinely be on show uh, at Farnborough, Farnborough for people to see. I think you'll also see a really important message on people. I, our industry partners and the UK government and indeed our international partners, FCAS is the future, it's, but it's something we're doing now and there are opportunities that we will be advertising using Farnborough, such an important vehicle to get out our message to the aerospace industry, to people who work in science and technology, who understand defence industry, to see what we're doing. Uh, and we will be setting out some really exciting progress. It'll be very real. And I'm really excited to be getting our message out there at Farnborough 2022. I noticed that the STEM Day, the Pioneers of Tomorrow uh, STEM Day is taking place on a trading day. And it didn't used to be that way. Why is it really important that young people can see industry in action on a live trading day at the event? Yeah, I think it's really important that we talk about the skills that, that we need and, and attract people in a, in a really open way. The, the, the door is open. Uh, industry partners want to, to communicate with this next generation to, to show them what kind of careers are on offer, what kind of skills that we need and that people have. And, and actually to really set out the fact this is a culture for a program that, that's that is different from perhaps what people might have in their minds and perceptions about either the defence industry being a bit old-fashioned, being a bit traditional. Um, FCAS is different, simple as that. And, and I think it's, it's wonderful that we can use uh, the platform that is Farnborough to be talking about that with visitors, with people from schools, 
with students, with people throughout an aerospace economy who might look at this and say, actually, this is a career that I want. Richard, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure. Zevi, thank you very much indeed. I look forward to seeing you all at Farnborough. Join us again for the next episode of Future Horizons, the Tempest podcast. <laughs>